a comic book pit. Okay. Dan. And I'm Scott. And I'm Sean. Sean is back, ladies and gentlemen. Sean. You didn't yes. know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I came from my tunnel. I have a tunnel now. It's it's pretty awesome. I have like a poster of like you know, Rita Hayworth. It's it's cool. <laughs> Is this is this is this the Sean Shank redemption? Oh yes, <laughs> yes. That was a terrible pun, but well, I'll take it. <laughs> well, I guess technically, I, I guess I should probably have Raquel Welsh since it's finished. <laughs> Spoilers, but again, it's like a twenty-year-old movie. So yeah, I was gonna say if you haven't seen the Shaw Shank redemption by now, first of all, shame on you. Yeah. Uh, second of all. <laughs> yeah. Andy Dufresne escapes. What? Yeah. And Red joins him, and Brooks kills himself. Brooks was here. Brooks was here. Yeah. And the warden and the and the warden shot him, shot himself. What? And, yeah. and tell him tell him the the sad. best the best line of the movie. Uh, get busy get living. Busy. Or get busy dying. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, get we're, busy we're podcasting. podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, you know, we were kind of talking pre-show. It's not. You know, I don't think there was really a, a a lot of lots going on this week or the past week in the in you know the world of comics. I mean, there's always news out there, but like as far as yeah. anything really notable um i i think nothing were well i mean there was there, well there were a ton of conventions this past weekend there were plenty f- of conventions yeah we, i mean and, and they were all fairly um regional to us there was well first of all there was baltimore comic-con which is you know one of the big east coast shows the premiere and there was, yeah. uh was it the cincinnati yeah comic, comic, i don't know if it's called comic-con but it's cincinnati Something or other. The Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't know if they call it Cincy, because there's like two shows out there. Yeah. It might be the Cincy show. But I think this one was pretty. I, I think this one had like Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Oh. Like whatever yeah. show this was, it was pretty big, because it, it had some big name guests. Yeah, I'm Adam Hughes was there. Sure they I know there. that. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but. Um, and then uh, here in Comic Expo, 
What's that? No, I, yeah, Cincinnati Comic Expo. That's that's what okay. it was. Yeah. And then um, here in the great state of Pennsylvania, there were two shows. There was the Erie Comic Con and the uh, Nittany Con, which was uh, up near Penn State. Yep. Where yeah, uh, the, Chris, Chris Claremont was the guest of honor there. That's pretty cool. Like, considering that there was two big shows and they got Chris Claremont, you know, on the same weekend, like, that's a, that's a feat in it of itself. The, the only thing <laughs> I can think, he, he must, it must be a, an easier commute for him or an easier travel. Maybe it's just closer and they offered him, you know. That's my guess, too. I mean, he, I know he's been, we saw him up at um, New York Comic Con, and I think he's there every year. So I don't know if he's from, well, he's from London. Well, he was born in London. I don't know where he lives, but yeah. probably in upstate New York in a fancy, you know, school for gifted, you know, mutants. <laughs> but school for school for gifted writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a different book <laughs> if Claremont was the head of that school. <laughs> is is he? I'm I'm, I'm racking my brain. Is he currently writing anything for anybody? Uh, I don't know. I feel like he, I feel like he's not. Maybe maybe that's why. Maybe he just has some time on his hands now. He's like, hey, um, Gambit. His name's attached to the Gambit movie. Um, I don't know if that's well. If he's a writer uh, well, yeah, or not because he created him. Yeah. No screenplay, Chris Claremont. There you go. Okay, so he's, he's actually. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. There you go. You go, Chris. Now get um, that movie check. Yeah, make that paper, Chris. <laughs> um. Well, Duke. Next month, you're going to you know one of the. One of the granddad, one of the you know the the, the big daddy cons. You're going big to da- New York Comic Con. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say too. Is like I'm just kind of looking forward now. Like as far as you know, like news and shows. I'm like my eyes are have turned to the future for New York Comic Con, and we're still working on our our battle plan. Um, I, you know, what I, I mean, okay. I was going. just about to ask what. Do you have an agenda yet? Do you have like a, a rough here's our, plan? Here's a our rough outlook. We do have a rough plan. Oh, first of all, and you're familiar with the New York Comic Con and the layout, yeah. and that the um, you know when we were there many many years ago, what five maybe? Twenty thirteen. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We, yeah, we went in twenty thirteen. We were there as Comic Book Pit um, with Jared. Um, but uh, they have the, – what's different this year is, you know, they always had the artists in that other wing. Um, that wing is under construction this year. So Artist Alley is not going to be where, where it has been for the past many years. It's actually going to be in, I think, Hall – I'm going to say E. I could be wrong. But it, it's basically, down, I think, downstairs from where the main exhibit hall is like underneath it. So, okay. um, so yeah, so Artist Alley's actually, it's 
a little bit smaller. They're making it sound like it's a lot smaller, but it sounds like they've lost maybe about 20 or 30 seats, you know, but they're still getting a few hundred creators in there. I mean, um, I remember that, that room, that artist alley, because that's where we were, where, like, yeah. podcast podcast area was. Man, that room was huge. That was like that was that was like a, a hangar. Yeah, it was awesome because it were it was its own thing. Like you had to go down that na- long narrow hallway away from the exhibit area, and then it was a hundred percent creators. It was practically was, its own con. Yeah, which was really wow. cool. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play that um, because it's just going to be like downstairs, like underneath um, the main exhibit hall in like where typically all the autograph stuff goes on and then like the um, panels, like okay. down in that area. Um, it's so large, it's hard to even explain. But um, so our battle plan right now as it stands, we're only going for one, like for one day of the show. Um, just because we felt that we're going to go in there like the A team, you know, like commando, like we're just going to get, not in, not commandos, but commandos it's like, naked. It's going to be a surgical strike. Yeah, surgical strike. That's the good word. Um, so our plan right now is to devote, and I'm just going to do it in, pers- in a, in like a pie chart. Um, we'll say, um, five-eighths of the day is going to be dedicated to the vendor area. Like, so that's all we're going to do. We're just going to stay in there by, you know, hopefully by the time it comes up, we're going to have, um, you know, like a checklist of vendors we actually want to make sure we see. But we're going to give that probably the majority of our time of the day. And then we're going to give probably one-eighth to um, tracking down, like, cosplay stuff, like going outside. Because what's neat is the cosplayers usually, there's, like, a little courtyard area that you can actually go in and out of the building without leaving. And you just go out there, and everybody that, that is doing cosplay is usually out there, you know, just chilling. And um, you can go around and get pictures pretty easily. Um, and then end of the day, which is an advantage. I don't know if you remember this, but um, but then we'll hit the artist alley um, with the last like two eighths of the day, um, so that they're actually open an extra hour. So at the end of the day, okay. I don't know if you remember that because the the floor the vendor floor closes at seven, and then the artist alley actually closes at eight. And then, um, then our we're debating this, but there is actually going to be the cosplay contest is that that night, which is nice because they don't have it during the same the same hours. They actually have it in the evening, so from eight to ten is the the contest. So we might go to that too. We're just gonna you know kind of figure out how tired we're gonna be. Okay, so, well that sounds cool. But uh, yeah, that's our plan right now. Like we're just gonna you know, um, take chunks out of the day and say, that's this is what we're doing. And, you know, um, we're, I, you know, we talked about going to panels, but I don't, I really don't think we're going to do that. 
Like, because I don't think, you know, it would eat up too much time, like, waiting in line and getting in. Yeah, you don't, room you don't have stuff. enough eights for that, Scott. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, not enough eights. <laughs> You're all out of eights. Yeah. I thought so pie we'll charts see. were in percentage. What's that? I thought pie charts were in percentages. Are they? Well, they could be either way. Uh, I, I mean, if there's yeah. eight, um, like, tw- or, well, what is that, 12.5%? I don't <laughs> I mean, if, I think if you want to convert a pie chart to percentage, that would, you can certainly do that. Um, yeah, we're not that smart on this show, though. <laughs> I've seen well, pie charts are out. usually in percentage. I mean, before the show comes up, I'll probably have a map of my attack pattern. I mean, we're just talking, you know, like, very sketchy lines right now. But, like, by the time I get to that day, I'll probably be like, all right, we're going to start at this row, we're going to work this way, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, like like here, where the X is, that's when we break for lunch. You know, that kind of thing. So, that'll be a... It'll be crazy. Do you guys plan on seeing, like, the rest of New York with uh, the other time, or... Or is it just um, kind of like you're just going up for one day and well, leaving the next day? Yeah, the day be- we're going up the day before just to kind of hang. Like, we're going to go up on Thursday. We're going to hang loose on Friday and then the show on Saturday and then drive home on Sunday. So we kind of have Friday left open, like, to decide what we want to do. One thing we had talked about was going to Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. Over in Jersey. Over in Jersey. So, I mean, I've been there before. We'll probably be there like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Like, so we'll have, probably end up doing other stuff too. But that's just, just one thing we talked about. Just long enough to try and get on Comic Book Men. Exactly. <laughs> Which they'll probably be at New York Comic Con and not at their shop. But you never know. Yeah. You know, maybe Jason Muse will pop in and be like, where's everybody at? <laughs> yeah. We'll be like, hop in the car, Jason Muse, Snoochie Boochies. <laughs> and he'll be like, what? <laughs> He's like, uh, that's that's a copyright. Uh, you owe me five bucks for saying yeah. that. <laughs> you can't say that in front of me. <laughs> well, that's cool. You're like, wow, I got a ticket from Jason Muse. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> It's a sign. He I have to pay in 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. He signed it. It's his autograph. I'm putting this on eBay. <laughs> now, um, refresh my memory. When is uh, when is New York Comic Con again? Uh, the, the day that we are going up, I believe it's October 7th is uh, that Saturday. So okay. um, the New York Comic Con itself is from the 5th through the 8th. Four-day event. Yeah, so it usually and, starts on Thursday, right? Yeah. And honestly, and you know, I mean, you can spend the whole four days there and not see everything. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, just because it's so crowded. I mean, that makes it difficult. And then all the panels, like, if, if you're there for four days, do the panels. Like, check, you know, get into it. Um, yeah, it we, definitely... Yeah, when when we were there, I, I definitely tried to take advantage of channels because I, I don't really do that at, you know, other shows because 
you know, a lot of times I'm only there for one day. So, right. yeah, I don't, I don't usually opt to spend an hour, you know, in a panel or waiting to get into a panel. But, no, I definitely, yeah, when we were there um, years ago, I definitely uh, spent a day and, uh, you know, or half a day and just sat in, I, I sat in, like, one room and just listened to, just watched panel after panel. Yeah. Um, something that's different, too, since we since we went there as Comic Book Pit, but they do, they actually have a lot of off, off-site panels. So you actually have to leave the Comic-Con, go, and you go, like, two blocks, and you go to another auditorium to watch, to see a panel. Oh, like, really? Yeah, that's how large it is now. It's just, it's just such a large show. Wow. Um, you know, probably 150,000 people. Uh, will probably be about a good estimate. So, I mean, it's as big as um, San Diego. Like, it's there's no longer like either one is like they're about the same size now. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. So, yeah. I think you know it's. It's it's probably it's, it's I feel like New York is still at least for right now is still mostly a, I mean yes obviously they're gonna um, you know fo- have a strong focus on media you know TV yeah. movies that but it's not like full blown media like San Diego is. it's not yeah because they still like um, even in the in what I call the vendor room that's where like all, you know, like Marvel, DC, you know, all the small press companies, they're all in that vendor room. Um, Artist Alley is just dedicated to, like, single people, you know, like a writer, an artist, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But but there's still, yeah, I mean, I'd say at least half the show is just, you know, them. Like, it's, it is pretty still pretty true to the... Um, comic roots, you know, um, and and all their media guests are pretty pretty much relevant to, um, you know, the comic shows and movies and stuff like that. So they don't just bring in randos, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, cool. it should be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, you know, I'm sure you guys will take pictures and post stuff online i'm looking for it and you know oh yeah <laughs> the, getting the full uh the full debriefing when you get back oh yeah <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll be nuts <laughs> cool all right well you fellas want to talk actually talk about some comics sure yeah let's slide it up cool <laughs> all right um well i'll get it started uh I read some pretty cool books this week, um, and they're all they're all pretty much like indie books. Um, the first one I had heard other people talk about this book, and luckily we got a review copy of it. Um, it's called the uh, the Realm. It's a new series from Image, and um, I really like the one uh, the one creator. There's um, well, it's Seth Peck. And Jeremy Hahn are like co-creators. But Jeremy Hahn is doing the art, and um, he's been Jeremy Hahn's been he's kind of like a veteran, but he's one of those guys. I feel like he's under the radar. He's um, like he's 
done work for probably just about every company, like a lot of um, fill-in work and just you know low-profile books. But he um, he got his start on a book called Battle Hymn a few years ago. It was kind of like a World War II. It was almost like um, a mix between the Invaders and Watchmen or something, or like with the like the Invaders with the like the kind of a dark and gritty Watchmen feel to it. Um, but he's uh, he's done a lot since then, and so when I you know heard he was on this book, it kind of you know made me a little more excited. But so this book is it, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic tale, but it's it, it, it's not, you know, zombies or aliens or nuclear war or anything. It's actually the the premise is that uh, 15 years ago, our world was overrun by, like, mythical creatures, orcs, dragons, you know, goblins, and there's all these other creatures just came and just ravaged the earth. And... You don't actually see it. It picks up in the present day, and you've got you know um, cities in ruin and um, people that are like the, the the remnants of civilization are just like you know they they picked up and they're fighting to survive and they're also you know they're they're moving on they're they're living but you know there's there's little you know groups and um, and there's uh, the the main character is kind of like a uh, he's he's I guess kind of like a gun for hire, um, and he's uh, he's hired by a group of they say they're scientists that they have to uh, you know go on this you know they they're it, the first issue was a lot of setup you don't really know what you know what they're traveling for you get the idea that. Uh, they're probably it's probably going to be one of those things where like the people aren't what they seem to be, but they hire him to, uh, you know, to escort them across the land to a certain destination, and that's kind of where it leaves off. Mm. But um, but no, this was it was a it was a good first issue. Um, like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of of the artist, and it was a you know. Good story so far in that first issue. Um, nice. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's a it's a nice tw- it's a neat twist on the post-apocalyptic scenario. So nice. the um, it looks like. Um, does it say like what city they start in, or are they just in like in anywhere kind of place? I I don't recall like looks- specifically. You know, I mean, it looks like they basically start out. I'm just looking at a sneak peek, but they, uh, it looks like they just start out in what looks like, you know, just a quiet, um, abandoned city. Yes. And then, and then it kind of, oh, it's Holland. It says Holland City Limit. But I don't know if that's Holland? <laughs> I don't think it's like the country. I don't think it's like. No. I don't so know it probably is just like an imaginary city. Yeah, it could be like just a, an imaginary, yeah, just a fictional setting um, okay. or city. But 
No, this was a this was a good a good first issue, and and this is one I'm definitely gonna keep tabs on because it was a. Nice. It, I think it's gonna be fun to read. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, so from magic taking over the world to a guy that wields magic. Yeah. Okay. Transition. All right. All right. Duke, you're, you're, transition. You're good. <laughs> You're 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 boldly going with transitions. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying we we know your track record. That's all. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm t- I'm pretty terrible at that, Dan. You're the you're usually the transition guy. <laughs> you know, with the fades and you know the you know the the drop ins and stuff like that. You know, but <laughs> um <laughs> anyway um so the uh, just started reading Mage. By Matt Wagner, it's Mage the Hero Denied. Um, this is, and I, I I just picked up issue two, but I kind of probably talked about one and two a little bit, a little bit of both. Um, but if, oh my God, Mage is like a um, Mage is like an institution with among comic fans, um, and it's nice that it's back. So. <laughs> Um, basically, it's, kind of, it's it's one of those like legendary titles. Yeah, it, it is. It's a legendary title because it. Um, well, gee, let me let me talk about the book first. But basically, um, the hero denied is, um, it's the return of Kevin Matchstick, the hero, um, who, is, like while well, spoiling, other things. Um, I don't know. Do I want to spoil it? Because I know Sean hasn't read it. It's okay. I'm not going to spoil too much. But basically, though, this dude wields white magic. Like, he he has the pure stuff. Like, he has, you know, he's like the, you know, the creme de la creme of made, you know, magic wielders. Um, And, of course, because of that, uh, pretty much every every demon and evil creature out there wants a piece of them, um, you know, to wipe you know wipe them off the map or whatever. Um, but it but in this um, part three is the hero denied part three of his life, which I really like because Matt Wagner, who creates this entire book, um, bases the look of the character on himself, and um, you know, like back in 1984 when he first launched the hero discovered, you know, he was, you know, Kevin was a young man, um, discovering that he had these magic powers. Um, Oh my God, 1984. And then, um, you know, and then, uh, he did a follow up series in 1997 called mage, the hero defined. And, um, you know, we see Kevin Matchstick's much older, um, and in that in that series, to spoil a little bit, but he actually meets his wife in that in that edition, and now in this current one, the hero denied, he's completely bald on top, um, much you know, much older, much more mature um, guy. Um, but he never loses his lightning bolt T-shirt, which is awesome. 
Um, it's the trademark <laughs> of the character to have this this black shirt with a light, you know, white lightning bolt on it. I was going to say, um, talk about talk about an, an an iconic and simple oh, look. That yeah, that shirt has stood the test of time. Yeah, and and what's funny is I can't wait until this book's out has only been out in two for two months. I can't wait until the next comic book show I go to or even at the store. I'm going to see those T-shirts all over again. Like, you know, like 20 years ago um, in 97, they were they were everywhere, you know, and everybody's like, I'm wearing it because I'm mage. You know, like before mm-hmm. there was cosplay, there was people that were like, I'm, I'm Kevin Matchstick. You know, I carry a bat that has magic in it, you know. Um, <laughs> well, but, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you mentioned, I, I, I might have missed it, but, but just the – the basic so the the whole mage series is the is it's a modern retelling of the king of the legend of king arthur right yeah um well it it sort of is it's it's sort of like he bank he borrows from uh from king arthur but he also borrows from um some other um you know mythical stories um mm-hmm. and this is a this is a spoiler as well for the older books, but not only is yeah, it follows the king the King Arthur thing, it also follows uh him as Gilgamesh. Um which is revealed throughout the story as well. Like they, there's certain characters, like these magic characters are all um, you know uh like timeless in a way. Um so he you know, but this is his his life in the modern world, like he's, um, he, you know, in this in this issue, in this um, third volume, he's actually a father. So now he has a couple of kids, and he's trying to keep, you know, they're him and his wife are trying to keep everything on the down low, uh, so that they're not attacked by you know by the evil creatures, um, but. Every time he wields his magic, they pretty it pretty much lights it up. Like so, they know, you know, they're on to him. So uh, he's basically a man who's trying to defend his family in in this new version, um, which is it's pretty cool. You know, it started out you know him as kind of a you know in 1984 as kind of a loner, you know, rebel kid, you know, and now here he is, you know. A, middle-aged man who's uh, just trying to live right by his family. Um, but at the same time, he's, you know, like this super powerful uh, magician, mage, wielder, whatever, magic wielder. Um, and it's fun. It's fun because it's like, you know, anybody that grew up with this is like, it's just such a fun story to read. It's easy to read. The art is great. Um, Matt Wagner does um, does these awesome panel transitions so he'll take like three panels for something to develop in it um maybe just character movements or something like that um you know he's great with like just you know silhouetting uh mm-hmm. you know impending evil that kind of thing like he's just he's a classic he's like a classic comic book artist and oh yeah you know I, I would say that anybody that's read his work is inspired, you know, like is influenced by it. I would say that. Like if you're an artist and you read it, you're in, you're influenced by him. <laughs> oh. 
It just kind of happens. <laughs> I have to admit, I'm a, I'm not like new to Mage. I've always heard about them, mm-hmm. but I never actually have it. I, I haven't had a chance to read it. I'm actually mm-hmm. kind of curious about it. So is is it just like the two, uh, like, is it the two um, limited yeah. series or? There's, I mean, there's three in all, and um, you know, there's the hero discovered is the original story, mm-hmm. um, and then there's the the sequel was the hero defined, and now we have the hero denied, which is only on its second issue. So, but I expect it to run. I think I think both of those ran a good twenty issues before it was over. Um, I don't remember offhand, but. Uh, you know, I think this one will be running for a good, you know, at least a year. And okay. yeah, I think it's gonna be twelve issues, right? I don't know. Is that what it is? I um, I feel like yeah, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be. But I, I'm in. You know, I'm I was immediately like, I'm in. I'm into this book. Um, it's sort of like Walking Dead. Like like Walking Dead is whether or not. I'm enjoying the current storyline. I read it immediately. Um, for some reason, I just am like, I got to, I got to know what happens next. And then, like, Mage is the same way. Like, as soon as I buy it, I'm like, I got to read this book right now. Um, and not many books do that for me anymore. Like, I'm just most books. I'm like, wow, well, you know, I'll let this one stack up, and then I'll read like three or four of them together. Yeah, I'll get around. <laughs> yeah. So. But it, yeah, it's a good time. Um, yeah, Sean, I think you would dig it, honestly. With right. uh, you know, with your art style, I think you would really um, enjoy what he does. You know, with his panels and stuff. I mean, so. I I recognize Matt Wagner from like a couple of other stuff he's done, mostly like that oh. pulp stuff. And I'm reading um, Sandman Mystery Theater right now too. Oh yeah. So. I'm reading Man, the Guy can... Davis stuff, so. Oh, yeah, there you go. Guy Davis. Yeah. Dan, you could talk about Grendel probably for a while. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, Didn't I... Did you read I, some Grendel? Yeah, I did. Um, here and there, the, the the one that's my favorite book, though, is uh, it's called Grendel uh, War Child. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's That was a like a 10 or 12 issue series and that's amazing he i mean uh matt wagner he just he he wrote it someone else did the art but it's uh yeah that that's one for me one of those books that's like it's it's evergreen like i can you know maybe like once a year i just i pull it off the shelf and i read it because it's just that oh, good nice. yeah. i do the same thing with like you know dark knight returns and or Batman Year One. Oh yeah, okay. New Frontier. You know, like one of those books that you you will always enjoy, no matter what. It's it's just kind of timeless. Um, and uh, yeah, I I used to be a lot more into Grendel, like in the in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, like I used to read a lot of like Grendel tales, and but you know at, at that point, once there were so many spinoffs. Um, Matt Wagner, oh. like he took a step back from it. You know, it was like yeah, he, that's true. He handed, yeah. he handed the reins off to different creators. Um, so eventually, I kind of 
you know, I, I, I distanced myself from it. It just it wasn't the same for me anymore. Um, but no, the the original Grendel stuff was really good. Nice. Yeah, I that's what it, I, I think that's what it is though with him is that that's what he does. Like when he puts his, you know, when you get the full, you know, like the Matt Wagner, um, like the the writing art thing, it 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 inspires. I think like. Uh, for me, it inspires like an indie, an indie comic artist kind of thing. Like I want to, I want to create something, mm-hmm. you know, which, which is a great thing. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to read that uh, the first series then. <laughs> Heck yeah, man! Yeah, you should definitely check that out. Yeah. All right. What's next on the agenda? Um, uh, Sean, did you want to talk about one of your books? Sure. Uh, I am doing J.P. I'm going to butcher this last name. Kalingen? 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 J.P. Kalingen's 365 Samurai and a few bowls of rice. Um, yeah. It is a simple but really awesome tale. You have to excuse some of the lack of detail that I am about to give because it's a, this is one of my summer reads. Um, damn it, I do this every time. My mind just went completely blank. <laughs> <laughs> it is a simple tale about a student uh, getting revenge uh, on 365 samurai, and it basically, and it takes them a year. So the number 365 takes a whole bunch of meanings in it. Uh, but most of it, so much for the story, or. Uh, Story aside, though, like, I just generally love the artwork. It's very clean. It reminds me of, like, um, Jeff Smith. Yeah. Yeah, from Bone. It reminds me a lot like that. And the real cool thing is that really drove me in was the fact that every page is just a panel. And uh, being a cartoonist myself, I always wanted to do that. But I didn't think – I kind of thought it was kind of lazy. But in this case, it, he actually really pulls it off really nice. And it's like, you know, like the flow of it and just like the movements of it. And it's just, it's, it's good. It's just a real good book. I definitely would suggest to read it. I, I, um, I pulled up the solicitation for it on Dark Horse. Um, and I did not realize <laughs> it's like almost 400 pages long. Yeah, but it Whoa. it doesn't take that long. Yeah. Like the first like 20 pages is without sound. Without sound, it's a book. <laughs> There's yeah. no words in it, and like um, you tell, like it, it just has so much mood and atmosphere, and it just it, it just it's really good. And the first, I'll have to admit, the first two seasons, uh, I think it starts with. 
fall and winter were really good. But spring and summer, I kind of felt like he, I think he kind of drew himself into a hole, like, in technique-wise, because then Mm. those two kind of just had to quickly go. And I'm talking about, like, winter was, like, that's where he did most of the slaughtering of all the samurai. Like, it was like an army of samurai heading towards him, and he's just mowing them down. And, but I have to say, like, spring and summer was kind of like a little bit of a letdown. But the ending actually made up a little bit. I'm not going to spoil it, but it was just kind of like, I didn't know how it was going to go until the, the very last page. I'm just like, holy moly, that's, <laughs> I didn't expect that, and I liked it a lot. So. Nice. So it, it's just a, it's a self-contained story, like it doesn't, con- it, it's yep. not like one or anything, it's just all self-contained? Self-contained, one and done. Cool. So, and that's good, too, because then, you know, you just, I think you don't have to keep going back for more and just, you just read this and I don't know, like it's a good read. I've uh, I've read it once so far. I'll probably go back a couple more times. Huh. And it's just uh, it's just one creator, like the, it's the writer artist combo. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just one creator. I'm sorry, I butchered his name. It's uh, J P Kalanji. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Blon- yeah, J P Kalanji maybe. Yeah, probably Kalanji. Yeah. Oh, that's by Dark Horse. Yeah, um, I'll have to check it out too. I mean, it's like what a deal! It says it's three hundred ninety-two pages, um, sixteen dollars and ninety-five cents. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's a buy. So was, it, was, was it black and white or color? Black and white, uh, okay. matte finish. Uh, on the cover. It's small. It's a, it's, it's a mm-hmm. five by seven. So it's wow. a little. That's, that's going to be a thick book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It doesn't feel like you're reading it like a thick book. You're just like mowing it down and you're just like looking at each page. And it, that's a cool. lot of the storytelling is really clean and concise. Like you, I never felt like at one point just being lost from flipping from page to page. I, there was a book called Blankets that I don't know if you guys oh, ever read. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Craig Thompson. It reminds me of that. Yeah, Craig Thompson. It, it reminds me of that. Like, because yeah, it, that, thing was that like book a was, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, um, yeah and that seems like the, I, I and I love that book, so I think I would probably enjoy this as well. Um, and, and something I like out of this is, like, something that I've always wanted to do is he, he found a way to make every page sellable, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you know how this is one of these weird things about comics, like, but an artist will put all this extra time and effort into a interior page, but then mm-hmm. uh, but then the cover to the book will outsell it, um, you know, by quadruple or more um, just because it's the cover of a book. Right. So then, so then you're like, wow, they put all this time into all these panels and it's only worth you know that page is only worth a hundred bucks but the cover is worth eight hundred dollars you know um looking at this book it's like every page would be worth you know it's like a cover 
like every page looks like a piece of artwork that you would want to hang up on the wall. Like frame every frame 392 pages and hang them on the wall. <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just because each one is, like, it's one image, you know? It's like it's one thing that, you know, and you can look at it and take take something from it. So. Yeah, I definitely see that um, bone reference, though. <laughs> That's cool. That's why I kind yeah, of felt good. like when I saw some of the just faces, and I'm just like, that kind of reminds me of bone a little bit. So. Yeah. Like, 
now in the second issue, Stanford goes to the academy to learn how to operate his robot. And <laughs> um, it's just a really, it, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things like I could totally see this being like a, like an animated series or a Disney movie or something. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's like it's, <laughs> I almost hate saying it's cute. But it's it's yeah. just it's so charming. It's such a charming story. Yeah. But there's a there's a lot of heart to it. But there's also a lot of like, um, like you, you can kind of feel for Stanford. Like he's I mean, talk about a fish out of water. He's you know he's this working class kid that's all of a sudden thrust into this um, world that he's always dreamt about. But in his mind, he's always been like that's not for me. I'm not supposed to be there. But now, you know, he's operating one of these giant mechs. And at the end of the, you know, he's, he's trying to convince his mom at one point in the, during the issue that, cause she has to like, uh, as his guardian has to approve, you know, she's got to sign all this, you know, paperwork for him to go to the Academy. And she's worried for him. And he's like, Come on, mom. The, you know, no one has seen the shark in a hundred years. You know, it's, it's it'll be fine. <laughs> well, don't you know? At the end of the uh, issue, they they suspect that the shark have returned. So, uh, um, yeah, of course. It, it, but this is just like I said. It's a it's a very um, it's a very charming story. Um, it's it's you know, Greg Pak is really on his game. I I, I feel like he's sometimes kind of polarizing people either really like his stuff or they don't. Um, I, I can't really say that I followed a lot of his work. I, I, I think I was reading the Hulk when it, remember when it, it was like after world war Hulk, when it went from the incredible Hulk to the incredible Hercules. Oh yeah. I was reading that and that was pretty good. Um, and I think he, did, did he write planet Hulk? I think so. I think that was about when he was big on Yeah, it. and that was really good. Um, and the art by uh, Takeshi Miyazawa is just incredible. It's 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 got it's deceptively simple. Um, like at first you look at it and it looks a little scratchy, but it's actually pretty detailed, and it has mm-hmm. this um, this manga style, but it's not. You know, but I feel like it's a it's like this merging of like a manga style with a with a, a traditional comic book style. So you mm-hmm. you get a little bit, you know, the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um cool. Yeah, so this is like I said, it, it, it it's a utterly charming book and I would recommend that anybody read this. I mean, if you like science fiction, if you like giant robots, if you you know, like or you know, the like the story of like a boy and his robot, like the Iron Giant, you know, something like that. Imagine the Iron Giant if the kid could get in the Iron Giant and pilot it around. <laughs> so that's similar to the um, the uh, Voltron, the new series that's on Netflix. Okay. Um, that the the that each one of the uh, drivers of the lions actually has a bond with their with their lion, which it's kind of cool. So that's kind of neat. I, I actually was um, 
I, I looked at that book at the store quite a bit. The uh, the Mac story, but I was like, oh, I spent too much money, so <laughs> so I didn't get it. But it looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's I I it's well worth it. I yeah. Fortunately, we um, I was able to read it, you know, through a review copy. But this is one I would I would shell out some money for. No doubt. Nice. Cool. Um, the shall I take a turn? Sure. For the worst. For the worst. No. Um. Uh, I have been reading uh, Batman, which um, I got as far as issue twenty nine. So I'm just kind of, kind of stop there, and hopefully I remember it because I don't have it in front of me. But I do have the new issue in front of me. Um. So, all right, Batman. Um, this, I believe it's Tom King writing this. Let me just check real quick. Yep, Tom King. Um, we were talking about him at, at the comic shop and just how, or was it, no, I was talking to Wayne Wise about it, um, Dan, recently. At, oh, you know, yeah, we were talking we were just talking about how Tom King came up out of nowhere, you know, like, like he, like, not that he came out of nowhere, but like just that he's, you know, he's at the top of his game, it seems, mm-hmm. um, for writing books. And, um, so he's writing this, um, multi-issue story arc for Batman called the war of jokes and riddles. And basically it is the Joker and the Riddler go to war. And the mo- some of the motivation is like they they're they're going to war over who is going to kill Batman. Um and um the Joker for him, I really like his motivation, but basically he um doesn't think that anything's funny anymore and he's having a real problem with it. Like he's having like he's he doesn't know how to make himself laugh again. Um, And it's just, just really eating him up. And he thinks that, you know, by maybe by, um, you know, having Batman as his, you know, arch nemesis and, uh, you know, fighting him to the death that that maybe would, you know, satisfy some sort of humor in him again, because he's nuts. Um, But, uh, but at the same time, the Riddler's like, no, I, I want to kill Batman, you know, he's my arch nemesis, you know. And so they basically create a war across Gotham that Batman is like, oh my god, like how do I how do I stop these guys from, you know, killing each other, you know, killing innocents. Um, you know, what can I do? And and I I believe it was in that new that latest issue that I read that he that Bruce Wayne actually had them come to uh his mansion to try to work out their differences. So he actually had the Joker and the Riddler at his house for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, wow. and Alfred, you know, like hosted it and, uh, you know, and, and Bruce was like, you know, let's talk about your differences, you know, like, let's see what, you know, and basically Bruce Wayne was like, I'm going to, I'm going to help. He goes, all you have to do is convince me 
um, of who is more worthy to kill Batman. And if you convince me, I will give you X amount of money, like millions of dollars, to ensure that you have the means to catch Batman and kill him. And, you know, and they work it out, like they're trying to work it out over dinner. And and it's weird how Tom King writes this stuff because you get to the end of the issue and you, you're like, you know, it's like Bruce Wayne's like, well, I've made my decision, you know, uh, you know, about what I'm going to do here, you know, to decide who, you know, who's going to cause more destruction, you know, is like, I think what he was really trying to find out. Um, <laughs> but then like you get to the next issue and it's like interlude. <laughs> so they're just like, uh, you're uh, not going to get that. In- yeah. It's like, you're not going to get that answer just yet. Like, it's like, oh, God. Kind of yeah. Killing me King. Um, you know, it's not, not even five issues ago that Batman proposed to Catwoman for marriage, and they still haven't answered that. So, you know, it's like, you're killing me, but I'm reading it, you know? <laughs> so, so I mean, it's right in the middle. You know, it's been, it's, it's, um, he, he writes a pretty compelling, compelling Batman, um, story. And, it seems like every issue he comes up with something, you know, that, that you're like, all right, that was, that was pretty clever. You know, like <laughs> I'm going to have to keep reading this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, my, you know, my hat's off to uh, Tom King. Um, and you know, the arts, the arts good. I, I don't really know the artist, um, but it's just been, uh, it really has been more story driven than art driven for me. So it's, um, Mikkel, Janin is uh, one of the artists oh, yeah. on this book. He's good. And um, the other guy here, I'm not sure what his name is. C-Man and S-Man because <laughs> they can't spell their whole names on the cover. Um, hmm. Clayman. Wow, what a great name for a Batman comic. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, yeah. Clayman. He's, yeah, he's, he's Clayman on pencil. Good. I remember yeah. he did a lot of uh, Valiant stuff a few years back. Yeah, so I mean, it's some good. It's definitely some some good art. Um, but uh, it's this is also a story that's completely driven by the story um, that I'm like hooked on. So, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it um, if you can. You know, <laughs> you might want to wait wait for the trades. So that you can actually get to the uh, the answers, <laughs> you know, as you read it, instead of waiting for months like I have been, so. <laughs> patiently waiting. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Check it out. All right. Uh, Sean, you got anything else, or are you good? Um. I mean, I guess I can go over Lone Wolf and Cub. I, I've been kind of reading two, so I'm just going to... But I really haven't finished one. I know this kind of seems like pregame talk, but... Um, I mean, to tell you the truth, I kind of was digging it, you know? I'm kind of digging this Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, these two trades... Yeah, you know what? Never mind. 
Okay. <laughs> I meant to say more, and then it was just like, oh, never mind. Not, well, um, had you started Lion Wolf and Cub from the beginning, or did you just jump in in the middle? I started in the middle only because I figured, because I really, I was, um, so the story goes, uh, it's actually been on my, like, to-do read list. Like, I've been, I've known about it, like Mage, I've known about it since, you know, I started reading comics, and it was just, you know, on my mind. And then over Labor Day weekend, um, my wife needed to study. So she's like, take Millie to tumbling class. Millie, my daughter, uh, Amelia. Take her to tumbling and then, I don't know, go to the comic shop. And I'm like, don't have to tell me twice. (laughs) (laughs) So drove to tumbling. Uh, My kid is in there like, uh, leotard, but apparently they're closed over Labor Day weekend, which I didn't know. I figured it's Saturday. Yeah. So we roll up and there's no cars there, there's no activity, and we're like, what's going on? So seeing that it's closed, I was like, well, let's go to the mall. So let's go to uh, the comic shop because New Dimension over in uh, West Mifflin is the closest to me. Well, Closest from her um, tumbling class, which is in. So, uh, drove there and then I was trying to like buy some comics on a budget. As well as I knew it was free comic book or free uh, graphic design day or graphic novel day. So I figured maybe oh, yeah. good. there's like some good bargains or something there. And um, yeah, I, and I was looking over Lone Wolf and Cobb, and I was just like, it was kind of in my price range. And I'm looking and I'm looking. I'm like, man, I really don't know which one to really start. And I was trying to go through my mind to see through the years. Maybe people told me like, you know, oh, you should check out this, you should check out that, but I couldn't think of anything. So I just was like, you know what? If it's really as good as people have been telling me through the years, I'll just start in the middle somewhere cross my fingers, I don't need to like know too much. Kind of like when you first jump in the comics, like I didn't yeah. jump in on Batman. I just bought an issue and I started reading it. Jump well, right in, man. Yeah, so I was like, you know, mm-hmm. as good as people say, I'll jump right in. And I think I got um, volume eight, which I was trying to bring it up and couldn't find it. Um, you know what, I'll look it up real quick. You guys got a second. Called The Chains of Death. So I was like, you know what? I can't go wrong with the title like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so far it actually has been it's been living up to the hype. I can't like pick out certain things that have stood out other than like technical tricks like uh I think maybe it could have been in volume eight or could have been in volume seven, which I also bought uh the same a weekend over at half price books because I literally read like one or two stories of volume eight. I was like, you know what? I'll go and buy some more. And at half price books it was like literally half the price of how I what I bought at New Dimension. 
here and there, like I've been digging, like um, it's kind of out of context, but it's like there's a scene where I can't remember the main guy's name, so I'm just going to call him Lone Wolf. Um, his old um, I don't know the 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 clan his old clan. Um, it's like a flashback scene, and there's like an old man, and you know, Lone Wolf is fighting this other guy, and I kind of like how that was all being staged, and there's like this really nice transition. Like I literally was reading, it and I was like, did I just see a transition? Because it was like, you know, the focus was on the main characters battling, but then you see like a little image in the background of like a close-up of the face and some eyes, and then kind of like you're as you go down with the panels you start to see that the, the big head's starting to kind of take more of the focus. And then, like, by the time of, like, the end of uh, the second page, you know, it goes into the, what you've been seeing the whole time, like the big guy or the big head and the eyes and, and starting to talk. Like, little things like that. And, uh, yeah, that's about most of it. So I've been really digging it, and I'll probably definitely finish it. And I'll probably try to read the whole series through as the years come on. So. Yeah, well, that's a. I mean, that you'll certainly have a lot of material because I, I think the volumes go like well into the like twenties or thirties, don't they? That's what I, I was think wondering. I saw twenty four when I was at New Dimension. Um, the guy behind the counter, unfortunately, I don't remember his name, who actually was you know, speaking this up, he's like, this is a great freaking series. I don't think he said freaking or the other word. That <laughs> this is standing for freaking. <laughs> but he was just like <laughs> pouring it on. He's like, yeah, this is great. You know, let us know if you can, if you want more of this stuff, this is like a great series. And I was like, okay. I'm, well, yeah, they're pretty, he's probably excited because, I, I, you know, I don't think, probably not a lot of people are coming in for Lone Wolf and Cub. These days, you know. Dude, there's it's definitely been on my mind. Well, I got a lot to Uh, go. (laughs) Yeah, 28 volumes. It it says it originally ran in from September of 1970 to April of 1976. That's a that's pretty impressive. Holy moly! Yeah. Um, Dark Horse has it now. Like they're the ones that print it now. Yeah, I've been. I chose the the smaller ones, which I kind of wish I would have chose some of the bigger uh, size pages or the bigger volumes, bigger editions, I should say. Because it's a little hard for me to read. Maybe I'm just kind of getting old, and so smaller type. <laughs> I know I'm the youngest one here, but it's like I'm reading it, and I'm like, what are you trying amazing. to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, you're, you're like, look, old man, sit down before you fall down, okay? <laughs> but I tell you the truth, I actually kind of picked it on the cover as well, alone, and that's by um, Frank Miller. So I was like, yes, please. Yeah, he did a. I don't know if he does them all, but I know he did a lot of like cover work for for those volumes. 
Well, seven and eight I got, and he did them both. I didn't really have a chance to check out the other ones. So, but, yeah. man, it's like a like the the new covers that they produce, like just some of the name dropping that they did. Matt Wagner, Guy Davis, Vince Locke, Bill Sinkavich, Frank Miller. I mean, like that's just nice. a cover. Like you know when they reprinted it, that's really cool. Well, it doesn't surprise me that they they get some legendary talent to do those covers because Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, again, similar to like a Mage, is is one of those iconic yeah series, you know one of those books that's been around that is just like a you know one of the gold standards as far as you know art and storytelling. Damn. Yeah. Now I see. Now I need to. Wow, because I feel like I've talked up Mage so much. Now I got. I feel like I owe it to myself to read Lone Wolf and Cub. You, know, well, you like, won't be disappointed. I mean, it's a holy cow! That's an epic amount of reading, but um, like, it says I've, that it totals over eight thousand seven hundred pages. Eight thousand seven hundred for the entire story wow. arc. Storyline. Wow. <laughs> oh, That's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sean, I you don't mess around, though. <laughs> You're like, oh, this book's this comic book's 400 pages. I'll take that. This one's 300 <laughs> per volume, and there's 28 volumes. Yes, please. It's like what? <laughs> You're like, I don't have time for 22 pages. Sean's like, funny enough, that's why I started reading graphic novels because it was like I would go through these 22 pages and then I'm like, oh, I want to find out what happens next book. And then I was just like, then I came up with it. It was like graphic novels started happening. I'm like, yes. Sean's like, this book doubles as a coffee table. I'll take it. <laughs> He's like, I couldn't afford furniture, but this works. And he just swaps it out. It's what? entertaining, and it holds my coffee. <laughs> you can live in there? I'll take it. <laughs> oh, man. That's fine. I like it. All right. Well, I will um, – I guess I'll I'll finish things up with uh, one last book, if, if that's cool with everyone. Yeah. Okie doke. Um, so I guess it was – probably earlier this year or maybe late last year. I forget exactly when, but I read a, I read a four issue series from uh, boom studios uh, called slam. And it was centered around roller derby and the, and specifically these two girls that, um, you know, were, you were following their, them as they rose through the ranks of, respective teams like they they came in as rookies and they were drafted on teams and you know you learned about roller derby and but the but but the strength of the of the story was the characterization and the um you know the, the friendship between these two people and um and, and and they have you know regular names obviously but but you know in, in roller derby everyone has like a nickname or like a, a derby name or something. Yeah. And so, 
these two girls, they're, uh, one is called Knockout and the other one is called Can Can. And um, so at the end of the first, so, so they, they become friends. This is in the, you know, the original series. But then, um, you know, they're on separate teams, and they start to grow apart a little bit. And, and then in the final issue, um, Knockout and Can Can, their, their teams are uh, opposing each other. And knockout uh, sends Can Can over the railing, and she hurts herself. And um, and knockout um, commits basically like a cardinal sin, I guess, as far as the, the derby goes. And she leaves the rink. She picks up her friend, and she takes her to the hospital. And so that was the end of the last uh, issue of the of the first volume. So now we've got slam the next jam number one and it's the uh, same writers Pamela Rybin uh, different artist uh, Marina Julia and um, and it, it picks up almost exactly where the first series left off so again after you know breaking one of the so so knockout and can can they're, they're both sidelined for different reasons first can can when she got when she went over the railing, she broke her collarbone. Knockout because she um, left her team behind to help her friend um, has been kind of, uh, uh, you know, not kicked off the team, but, you know, like you're um, sidelined or uh, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this, like suspended. Suspended. Thank oh, you. yeah. Okay. Um, so now, so they're both, they both kind of regain their friendship, but now they're both in, in different ways trying to get back on their respective teams. And they're, they're rehabilitating themselves, but in different ways. You know, Knockout, you know, she keeps showing up to practice, um, but they won't let her practice. She has to sit in the stands. She shows up just to kind of, I guess you get like credit just for showing up, even though they're not letting her on the on the rink. Mm-hmm. And Can Can, um, because she's hurt and she's got her arm in a sling, um, she's reduced to just doing like menial things. Like um, during matches, she sits at the ticket table and hands people like their wristbands or takes money or whatever. Um, and she even has trouble doing that. So they're both like feeling left out and left behind. And in this first issue, they're bringing in new rookies. So it's like, it's one of those things. And and I feel like this happens a lot in life and in various, you know, in almost any situation where, you know, it's like if you blink, next thing you know, you're left behind and someone, someone has taken your place. Right. That that happens in in a, in a lot of different scenarios, um, especially in sports. But you know, it could happen at work. It could happen wherever. Um, so again, like the 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 characterization and the storytelling in this book is just really just top notch. And they're characters that actually feel like real people, which is part of the reason why I like this book. I mean, it's it's full of a lot of heart and a lot of humor and. And you get to see the girls, 
not only, you know, when they're doing, you know, when they're uh, in their derby lives, but in their home lives as well. Um, and you're starting to follow some of the new, uh, you know, some of the rookies um, that they're introducing. So I'm, I'm like super thrilled that Slam is back because this, this was like a really, this was a big surprise book for me. Um, like, you know, and I, I think I said this when it first came out, like, I know nothing about roller derby. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's like confusing to me. It's alien. I don't understand it. I don't even, <laughs> they, 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 they break down roller derby for you in the book, like in the, in the first series for like, like a, you know, like you would break it down for a child. I still didn't understand it. Um, <laughs> but it's like, that doesn't matter because you like with the storytelling and the art, like even when they're um, uh, depicting matches in the book, like you still feel this excitement and this, like this kinetic energy because of the art and the storytelling. Um, so it's just like, from the context of the art and the dialogue and, you know, like you can, you kind of know what's going on, even if you don't understand the rules of the game. So, you know, so I, I, I never feel like I'm missing out on something because I don't understand roller derby. Um, right. The, um, yeah, like I said, the, 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 the characters are, is, you know, what kind of keeps me coming back, which, you know, I haven't been able to really say that about any comic in a long time. So that, that you know, kind of another reason why this book was a, a nice surprise. So, cool. Yeah. So I would, you know, if, if I would all, you know, I would recommend picking up the the first volume. I think it's only four issues, and it's really good. Um, and then, uh, like I said, you know the the next uh, the next volume right after is just like it picks up right where the the first one left off and just you know keeps going. Nice. Have you read? Um, it's a web comic. If you're really digging into roller derby, it's called Bonnie Collide Nine to Five by what was it Monica Gallagher? No, I mean, I don't it's, think so. it, it's pretty nice. I like it a lot. It, uh, I was following it for a few years. I kind of dropped off a bit, uh, but she had a Kickstarter a few years ago um, collecting, I think, the first couple years into, like, a one trade, and so I got into that. So it was it was really good. I like it a lot. I mean, it's more of that slice of life, but with a roller derby twist, So and there's a werewolf in it, too. <laughs> there's a werewolf in it, too? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, um, does anybody have anything else before we close up shop here? No, I think that's it. From, I think um, I can't think of any announcements except uh, look for me in New York Comic Con. Yep. <laughs> look, yeah. Just look for me at work. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm or I guess I guess in the car at lunch, <laughs> I I draw in my car. So I guess if you see uh, if you're down in Homestead on the bike trail and you see like a a black Liberty Jeep and the doors open, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, that's me, and I'm drawn. Yeah, so do. keep your eyes keep your eyes out, so I, so I don't take lunchtime requests. <laughs> yeah. He'll do he'll do he'll do commissions on his lunch hour. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do a, do a little bit of housekeeping real quick. So, and uh, if you guys uh, think of anything while I'm doing that, feel free to jump in. Um, okay. The comic book pit is is now part of the Sorgatron Media Network, and you can uh, find our show and other shows at sorgatronmedia.com. We're also on iTunes and Podomatic, and I believe on Stitcher. And if you are so inclined, maybe you could leave us an iTunes review. That would uh, not only help us get a little bit more, uh, you know, get a better showing, but, you know, we're we're genuinely interested in, in what you have to think about the show. You know, it helps us be better podcasters and helps us bring you a better show. Um, you can also email us at comicbookpit at gmail.com. You can call us at 412-450-0227. And you can find us in all the social medias, well, most of the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all comic book pit. And don't forget, pit is spelled with two T's. Comic <laughs> book pit with two T's. Always remember the, the, the second T because Pittsburgh. I thought you were going to say terrific. Yeah. Oh, Second yeah. C is for terrific. For trolley. And Pittsburgh. Like this one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, okay, so any, so last call for, uh, for anything? No, I'm, I'm good. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> read, read more books. Yeah. No, I don't. Read more books. Oh, and hey, happy, uh, happy soon to be wedding for, our fourth yeah. compatriot, Jerry, mm-hmm. and his lovely bride-to-be, Susan. They're uh, getting ready to get hitched this weekend, and I believe we're all going to be there. We'll all be there. Yep. So it'll be a, it'll be a comic book pit party. We're going to record so, at the end. Yeah. We're going yeah. <laughs> to do a show at the wedding reception. At the wedding, yeah. <laughs> as, as he's cutting cake. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, again, you know, congratulations to those guys. That's awesome. We're super happy for them. And um, and that's it. So this has been episode 258 of Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan. And I'm Scott. And I'm Sean. And we'll see you next time.